helps us be the Word. But in order to grow in that Word, to become alive in that Word, something else must die. So the lie has to die, the false image of myself has to die in order for the new me to uh, come forward. Sometimes it's helpful to have somebody stand with us during um, those kind of difficult times where we're paying for the cost of, of, of something coming forward. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. In our show today, we continue our mini-series with teacher prophet Sterling Sawyer. Sterling is the founder of Liberty Tree Ministries in Clements, California. And Sterling, we welcome you bright and early. How are things in Northern California today? Oh, well, it's shaping up to be a beautiful day. The sun's just about to come up, and uh, yeah, it's just gorgeous here. Thank you for having me, Chris. Well, it's great to have you. And we've got our three-part series going on how to help us achieve deeper and lasting Christian growth. And we're going to do that by looking at a special model that you've been teaching about being a prophet, priest, and king. So does this apply to every believer who is a disciple of Christ? Yes, I believe so, that we're to follow uh, Christ's model, and Christ shows us that he's a prophet, priest, and king. And uh, in in this inward sense of this, we can we are a priest and a king and a prophet to our own selves, and we have to guide the Word of God through our being and, and have it come to depth. What I've seen is that in my own life and a lot of people's lives, we can hear a great teaching, hear a great sermon, and it just tends to go in one ear and out the other. That's true, uh, especially yeah, if you so, don't take notes and really get it in your mind and spirit. Yes, and so that's that's part of what this is about. Uh, you know, letting the priest, uh, I'm sorry, letting the prophet catch the word, and then the priest actually helps us become that word and takes it to depth. So that's what we'll be talking about today. Okay, well, in the last episode, we talked about the prophet role, and we want to look at the priest role today. But first, before we get started, we want people to know that they can actually get this model uh, in a PDF form, I guess, right? In uh, LibertyTree777.com at your website. Once again, that's LibertyTree777.com. So if people want to go and download that even now as they listen, they can uh, follow along. So that'll be helpful. Yes, I think that's very helpful. I always find it helpful to have something visual to uh, follow along with so you can get that uh, free copy there. Yes, and you've laid it out quite nicely and easy to follow. So let's now look at the priest role. The Bible speaks of the priesthood of believers in the New Testament. Um, What does it mean for a believer to be a priest? Well, uh, for a Christian today, that means that we have bold access into the throne room of God by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We don't need a priest like in the Old Testament sense uh, where they make a, a sacrifice for us because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. 
But let me take that a step further. Uh, Not only do we have access to God without a human mediator, but we have um, Jesus in Matthew uh, 16. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So Jesus took up his cross to pay for our sins and is an example that we too must take up our cross as well. And this is probably the part that doesn't get taught as often because it's not as fun. It's not the fun (laughs) part (laughs) of Christianity. And uh, and so uh, today's uh, kind of message will be a little bit more difficult because it does deal with uh, putting something to death. It does deal with going through the cross. But it is the part of Christianity that actually uh, causes us to have some stability. We we put down roots. This is where the thing becomes alive. And uh, this is the reason we can bear fruit. So all of our anointing actually comes out of this process. So um, one side of the cross takes sin away from me, which is so important. But the other part adds the image of Christ into me. And without that, we really come up short. And and so we don't want to do that as Christians today. What the church, uh, I believe, really needs to emphasize again is this other part of the cross. We, We are pretty good at talking about forgiveness, but we're not as good about talking about transformation. And transformation is really what people long for deep down inside. We need and want forgiveness, but we also need to, uh, we also have a great need and a want to be transformed. And uh, this is the, the second part is where the cross begins to do a transformative work. Sometimes we stop at John 3.16, but there's more scripture after that, and it's all really good stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think it's more important to the individual to be a priest, or is it more important to other people that I, as a believer, am a priest? Or maybe both. It actually is a little bit of both. So uh, first, we must know who the Lord made us to be in order to be effective to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the prophet portion of us gets the initial identity word and has to uh, separate that word from all the other things that we've heard before. So um, before I was a Christian, the, the prophet portion of myself would take in any word that somebody spoke. So somebody uh, said that I was a, you know, a jerk or whatever, I might take that in as a, as a true word. Now, as a Christian, the prophet portion of me must instead only take in the word from the maker. So he's the only one who has the right to comment on who I am. Mm, that's an then, important then lesson that, right there. <laughs> it is such an important lesson. And we still have the habit of listening to just anybody and letting anybody or everybody comment on who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, We don't even really have enough information to make a comment on ourselves. 
in a lot of cases. Yes. We need to let the Father speak into who we are. So that's the prophet part that we covered last time. The priest, however, has to do something with that word. And for one part of me to live, another part of me has to die. Mm. And But the good news of that, in, in Romans 6, 5, it says, for if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we will we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So the priest portion of us brings us to the likeness of his death, and then we wait on the Holy Spirit to bring us on into the resurrection life. And once we start touching that resurrection life, that's a real blessing to the community around us. So it's kind of both. Um, mm-hmm. it's a blessing to us to come into the new image and it's a blessing to the people around us because that image is fruitful. Yes. So when we think of a priest, uh, if you've been a Christian for any length of time and read the Old Testament, you may have the image of the Old Testament priest. How does uh, being a Christian today as a priest relate to being a priest in the Old Testament? Um. There is some relationship. So um, in the Old Testament, of course, the sins were placed on the animal symbolically, and then the animal was taken away and and killed for the congregation. Uh, John says, Behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And so we we now understand uh, that Jesus is the ultimate priest, what I find really fascinating here is, uh, uh, you know, Jesus in his prophetic zeal it is always kind of um, overshooting what we would expect as human beings. He always gives us more yes. than we ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as as a kind of a prophetic teacher, his teachings were hard hitting and uh unexpected and and got him into a lot of trouble and and ultimately got him crucified in his priest role. There's also this um, prophetic zeal, this overshooting. Instead of trying to find a lamb to sacrifice, he becomes the lamb. Mm -hmm. You know, how many priests before that thought, Oh, I think I'll become the lamb. You know, Right. I don't think there's too many people who would have thought of that. So he he does this in just such an amazing way. Um, and, and we need to follow him prophetically in a life-giving way into our roles as prophet, priest, and king to really fulfill them uh, to any great degree. Mm-hmm. Well, then how does the priest role relate to being a prophet and being a king? Well, that's a really great uh, question, Chris, because it um, the the uh, priest is is centered in in my model between the prophet on one side and the king on the other. So the prophet has collected the word seed and handed it to the uh, priest, who now has to take that seed to the depth in our heart and and apply it. And so the the prophet helps us see the word, the priest helps us be the word. But in order to grow in that word, to become alive in that word, something else must die. So the lie has to die, the false image of myself has to die, Mm -hmm. 
in order for the new me to uh, come forward. I think the example I used last time was of uh, Peter in Mark on Matthew uh, 4, where, you know, Peter takes this fisherman away from his boats and his business and his best catch ever to be a fisher of men, to be an apostle. So in this way, Peter had to be willing to kill the fisherman image of himself to enter into the new image that um, that the Lord was creating him in. And uh, we have to be willing to go through that process as well. And That's it, part and of the again, transformation, isn't it? Yes, it, it, it's the transformation, it's the work of the cross, mm-hmm. where we take this into our depth and, and it changes who we, who we be, if you will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, can you give us a story or illustration or even a testimony of some believer today being a priest? Um, yeah, I can give you a story from um, our own lives. Um, my wife and I had been um, groomed to be the, the pastors and take over a, a church here in Lodi a few years back. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we had tremendous support from the pastor, and, and he had groomed us for this role. And we had support from the board, and the people knew us. And so everything was a go. We were all set. But in further re- further. Um, prayer, we received the word from the Lord that this was not the direction he wanted us to go. And so that it was, was a surprise, was, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it definitely was, and it was not a happy one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first the first feelings are just, you know, that's not, that's not from God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the prophet part of us had to struggle, is that really a word from God? And the prophet part came back and said, yes, that's, this is a word from God, which was definitely not what we wanted to hear. And um, then the priest portion has to make that application. And that was very, very painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to deny that because it really killed the dream that we had. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mission that we were on and, and everything was planned around this happening. So it disrupted our entire lives in so many ways. And so the next couple of years were were difficult, to be honest. And uh, it was a dark night of the soul kind of process for us. It was very painful. Uh, But, you know, now looking back on it a couple of years later, well, now a few years down the road here, I can see God's hand and his wisdom in the whole thing. And we rejoice in what he's mm-hmm. done, and we appreciate the ministry we now have um, with Liberty Tree. Um, I'm working on a book. My wife's working on a book. We have mm-hmm. tours to Israel. We do some coaching and counseling, and it's a much better fit for us. Okay. And uh, so, you know, God knew what he was doing, which was is always good to know. And <laughs> he, he does he does know what he's doing. Yes. And... Um, but we're the, we're the told priest. to, you know, follow our dreams, follow our dreams, but you know, sometimes when God says no and as you say kills our dreams, it turns out to be the best for us cuz he's the one who created us in the first place. He knows what we're fit for. 
Yes, he does. And, and, you know, there were certain preparations that were happening in that whole process that we needed. There was certain growth that happened that we needed. Mm. And we just kind of got ahead of him and, and kind of traced out the line and said, oh, this is where he's heading. And we were wrong. That that wasn't where he was heading. He was heading somewhere different. And his plan is the better plan. And so we're we're so glad that we're on his plan. We're so glad that he did make that adjustment, even though it was a little painful in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, so the role of priest came into play there. Right, right, mm-hmm. and it it sacrificed something that we thought he was about and replaced it with something that was real that that mm-hmm. he really did mm-hmm. want to do. Good. Well, maybe that ties into my next question, which is, you know, reflecting on the fact that you teach a lot on fear and courage in your ministry. So how does fear look to the prophet and the priest and the king? Well, uh, it looks a little different to each one of them. To the prophet, it typically comes as uncertainty. And I, I think we touched on that a little bit last time. So the prophet's liable in, in when the fear hits to say, well, I'm not sure if that's a word from God. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's true. And so the, the prophet will tend to be uh, to vacillate and to be double-minded, which, of course, produces nothing. And so that's where the prophet ends up sitting a lot is, is in this um, um, ground where he's oscillating between two opinions and and that sort of thing. For the priest, it's a little bit more direct because something's actually dying. Something in you is dying, and you identify with that part, and you think it's you. It's not you, but you think it's you. So when the cross is working in your life, uh, you feel like you're dying. And... uh, of course, that kicks in all sorts of, of reflexes uh, that are very natural. We want to live. Uh, if somebody's holding us underwater, we do everything we can to struggle up to the surface and get some air. And so the priest actually has to fight our very natural reflexes and allow us to die. And to do this, you have to have really counted the cost. What is the cost of following Christ? What is the cost in in just this particular area with this particular truth peter had to walk away from his business and from his identity as a fisherman to become an apostle a fisher of men and for each one of us there is a point where something we treasured has to die Hmm. in order for something new to come about so it's it's an interesting process uh for the king the king now has a weight. Uh, he or she is now trying to administer the the truth, the wisdom, the gifts, whatever God has given, is trying to administer this to their friends, their family, their church, their community. And so there's a weight there. And sometimes they're, they're um, concerned that they can do that. Sometimes they're concerned with uh, what people at a higher level are thinking of them as well. So each one of them has a little different fear issue. Um, and of course, that varies with individuals as well, each individual. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. 
So when we look at our enemy, we have an enemy of our soul, Satan. How does he attack the believer as prophet and priest and king? Uh, Yes, that's a very important question. We, We don't want to glorify the enemy, of course, but on the other hand, we need to be wise to his schemes. And so uh, the thief comes, uh, Jesus says, the thief comes uh, except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe that's John 10.10. So the, uh, the enemy wants to steal from the prophet, wants to kill in the realm of the priest, and wants to destroy in the realm of the king. So he comes and uh, he first tries to steal the word, which is like a seed, tries to steal this word seed from the prophet. If he can grab that seed back, that stops the whole process right there. So uh, the Lord speaks a word to you, but you're too busy and you don't hear it. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just lost. Or, uh, you know, because you're distracted or you have the word for just a moment, but you you didn't really focus on it. And it's washed away by the torrent of words that we live in. There's just so many things going on. Or you vacillate with the word. I'm not sure if that's true. I'm not sure if that's from the Lord or not. And so you can you can lose the word in a number of ways with the priest. It's just stolen away from us. So this. This word seed is stolen from the prophet portion of our being before we can do anything with it. Now, if the the prophet portion gets this word and validates, as we talked about last time, that it is a word from God, it sanctifies it, and then the word has to be pressed into use. And the pressing into use is where this word is meditated on. It's, It's prayed on. And as the prophet meditates on this word, it is transferred over to a realm of the priest. So in meditation, the priest and the prophet intersect. And now the priest has this word, this word seed, but the land has to be cleared. Something has to die to make room for this new seed to be planted and to live. And so it's now the job of the of the priest to be willing to make that sacrifice and to be willing to uh, plant that seed. And so it's at this point, uh, Satan will come in and he tries to kill the seed. So he'll try to get you to let the old man, the old you, the false you live. And he'll try to kill off the uh, new word, the new seed. And sometimes we capitulate at that point because the the new seed is so expensive. It it it, uh, it requires so much of us, and so we 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 sometimes abort what God has planted in our heart, and it mm-hmm. doesn't come to fruition. If somehow, by by the grace of God, it makes it through both the. Uh, prophet realm and the priest realm, then the seedling of the, of, will grow up out of the priest realm, and the branches of that, in a sense, kind of reach over into the king realm, and now we start to bear fruit. 
and this is where Christianity really gets its power. And uh, at this point, uh, the king now has to have a strategic plan for distributing the fruit out to the people. Because anybody who has a fruit tree knows you have way too much for yourself. <laughs> it, it <laughs> That's just true. Grows and you me. live in California. Yeah. You probably see that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, if you have a tree, you're giving it stuff away to everybody, and, mm. and, and they're giving it away sometimes as well. So we, we have fruit, and we now need to distribute it. This is where uh, Satan comes to destroy. And the word destroy here... Uh, sometimes actually uh, has a meaning a meaning also of of um, decay associated with it, and so what what Satan will try to do if he hasn't stopped the process anywhere else, he'll try to get the fruit to rot. Mm. And if the king uh, comes in with the wrong attitude, takes glory to himself or herself, then this fruit will begin to rot right there on the vine. And we've seen this with some of the big uh, ministries and televangelists and so forth who who were bearing fruit, and then a lot of this begins to rot. And uh, yes. we certainly don't want that to happen. Well, we certainly want good fruit. And I wonder, what can we do to increase God's Word bearing fruit in us? Well, so we, we definitely want this to happen. God, in uh, Matthew uh, twelve thirty, we're told that uh, God wants us to love him with our whole heart, mind, and soul. There's a need for the truth to really go beyond the superficial level. And as Christians today, we're, we're moving so fast. We're involved in so many things. Um, it, it's very easy for something just to stay shallow, just to stay, stay superficial. Uh, sometimes the prophet doesn't even have a chance to catch the word, let alone for the priest to really take that to depth and for us to go through the full cost of that and uh, for the thing to make it all the way through to bearing any fruit. And so as Christians, we have to um, take a little time for this to happen, um, and, and it's, again, it's probably not an easy thing. You know, we'd like everything in three easy steps or something. Yes, but, we're um, we're Americans. We like that. Uh, yeah, three <laughs> three easy steps. Let me throw it in the microwave and give it thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's gonna, it takes a little bit more than that. So, hmm. the the first part, is, as we covered last time, is the prophet has to seek the word. Are we seeking the word? We have to discern whether the word is of God or not, whether it agrees with his written word. Uh, do we have any checks in our spirit? That sort of thing. And then we we have to um, accept the word as special, and we have to put it on high. So, Sterling, as we as we close uh, our time together, which uh, you know we've had a lot to unpack in this priestly role and thinking about prophet, priest, and king. Is there some closing thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, just that we we want to uh, seek God's word, uh, verify that it is His word uh, with discernment, and then we 
need to count the costs and let the priest make that full sacrifice. We have to really stand behind the word. Sometimes it's helpful to have somebody stand with us during um, those kind of difficult times where we're paying for the cost of, of, of something coming forward. And uh, so uh, that would be probably the, the main issues I would leave us with today is just catching the word and being willing to pay the cost for it. Okay. Well, as you promised at the start, this was kind of a tough issue to talk about death, right? <laughs> as a Christian, yes. you know, dying so that we can be transformed. Uh, but it's an important topic and one that touches us every day of our lives. Would you like to pray for us and pray for our listeners as we endure this kind of death that leads to life? Yes, yes. So, Father, we just thank you. Um, you know the pain of this, um, the pain that your son went through to to be the word and to die for all of us. But, Father, now we need to take up our cross daily and follow after him. And so I just pray that uh, each one of us would have the courage to take up that word and to to walk with it to its fullness. This is where the life comes from. And Father, I just bless the people with the life that you wish for them to have. And I, I thank you, Father, for giving us this word and planting it deep in our hearts that it may grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we want to give your website one more time, and that's libertytree777.com, libertytree777.com. And if if our listeners would like to go there, they can get a PDF of this Prophet Priest King model that we've been talking about. And the next time around, we will talk about the king's role. So we thank you, uh, Sterling Sawyer, for being with us today on Charisma Connection to share your insights. And I could tell you've been studying a bit. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. You too. And we will see you next time. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us here on Charisma Connection. And I hope sometime today you'll head on over to cpnshows.com and choose a couple of our new podcasts on our network you haven't listened to before. While you're there, please check out Charisma Audio at the top of the website there and learn how you can hear Charisma Magazine on audio instead of only reading it in print. So sign up to listen in the spirit today. That's at cpnshows.com. God bless you today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.